Hey, it's Scott Petrick with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. The Browns arrived at their bye week with more questions than answers. They're 6-6 six and six after a frustrating 16-10 loss to the Ravens on Sunday night and looking up at a lot of teams in the AFC North and the wildcard chase. Here to discuss it all with me is Dave Chodowski of Go, the WKYC Morning News. How's everything, Chud? Scott, everything's great because I finally got to shave. Uh, no <laughs> shave. No... <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to be back to normal, but you know what? Uh, you know, Channel 3 and uh, 15 different local police departments, and, uh, you know, we raised over $31,000. Wow. And, uh, wow. you know, for kids uh, in the city of Cleveland, Make-A-Wish Cleveland. So, um, you know, it, it was great to do something for them and be part of that charity and, uh, you know, it was interesting. Um, you know, I've never grown a beard before. Um, and it was, uh, I actually, we, uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. We, uh, I, I got a live shave yesterday on the air. So that was pretty funny. I saw um, part so, of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's funny. You know, I'm doing all kinds of things I never thought I'd do in life uh, <laughs> on, the, on the morning show. So, uh, you know, it, it, it was fun. It was interesting. So, uh, it's good to be back to my normal uh, clean shaven self, but uh, what's what's not normal is the Browns, and you know that's clear. What's amazing about it though is is that for as bad as it's been, you know they still have a shot, and I, yeah. I'm not saying the shot is that great, nor do I necessarily believe that they can pull it off, but they could still pull it off. And you know what? Uh, I guess. It's, it's not what we want, but you know, it, it, it's better than, you know, what are they? Six and six. It's, yep. you know, it's better. It's better than two and 10, but that said with the expectations, no one wants to hear that. I understand that. So it, it's pretty difficult. You know, I, I guess it makes you wonder, you know, everyone keeps saying, Oh, they have all this talent, all this talent. It's just like, well, you know, what's up with that? I mean, yeah. if they have all this talent, why aren't they, why aren't they nine and three? Why aren't they eight and four? You know? Yeah, I think that's a fair question. Um, I, you know, part of me, you just listen to you talk there, a couple of things pop into my head. Number one is expectations are a difficult thing, right? And not just for a football team, you know, just in life, right? If you expect the bar to be hopping and nobody's at the bar when you show up or, you know, whatever it is, right? We're going to have a big Friday night out. How many times is the best night out when it just happens and you're not gearing up for it, right? It's not a Halloween or one of those big days. And it just turns into something great. And, you know, you, you go to the golf course, you expect to break 80. It doesn't happen. You should 88. Well, it's all about your mindset, right? So I, I do think, I think it was justified, the expectations that we put on the Browns and that the Browns put on themselves, given last year, given the talent that was added this year, especially on defense, everybody coming back on offense. But I'm just saying from a fan, like, enjoyment standpoint, it really affects the season, right? Six and six a year ago would have felt okay. Six and six, six and six this year does not feel okay. Number one, number two, it just makes you think about a couple of games that the Browns had been able to pull them out. We'd feel completely different, right? About how the season's going and where they stand. And obviously it's obvious, right? Six and six turns into eight and four and you're leading the division. But I mean, they're one play away from beating the Steelers, right? And Baker, Makes a couple of throws. Jarvis Landry has a fumble. Jarvis Landry has a drop. Odell short arms that one ball. And they lose 15 to 10. And a game they easily could have won at home. 
against Baltimore. I mean, Lamar Jackson tries to give them the game, throws four picks, and they still can't get it done. Now, that's all on the Browns for not getting it done, but it was right there where you don't even have to play great to win these games, and you still would have had a chance. And the Browns could have played almost the same through 12 games, and the view of them would be completely different. And part of that's the Browns, and part of that's just life in the NFL, right? That's how it works. Games come down to the last – to the fourth quarter, you got to make plays. If you don't, you sit back and say, you know, what it should have, could have. And then your final point about the roster, I think, I think it's interesting. I think there's some sense of overrating the roster. Um, maybe the individual positions, you know, I think about receiver and without Odell Beckham Jr. here um, with a banged up Jarvis Landry, a banged up Donald Fields Jones, a unproductive Richard Higgins. The receiving core doesn't look nearly like it did before the season when you're thinking, oh, this is a, you know, this is a strength of the team. Um, you know, maybe in, we have the injury to Jack Conklin at right tackle. I don't think Jedrick Wills has been as good as he needs to be a left tackle. I don't know how much of that to contribute to the, or attribute to the ankle injury, but, you know, he gave a, a, a couple of key pressures Sunday night, including one to start that final drive. And Baker has to pull a Houdini just to throw it away and not take a sack. So I think there's different individuals and maybe even position groups that, yes, we overrated the talent. But I think overall, the Browns are as talented as anybody. They're as talented as the Ravens, especially given their injuries. They're as talented as the Steelers. They're probably on par real close to the Bengals. And we're talking about three teams, other teams in the playoff chase. So maybe to some degree, you know, when you talk Super Bowl, maybe we overrated them there. But to be a playoff team, I think the Browns, had and still have the talent to be a playoff team. Well, let me jump in a few things. Number one, boy, what a great perspective by you, because you're right. We have this couple, one of my best friends, and it's amazing. Whenever we do a last minute thing, that's when we have our best time. Whenever we plan something for like a couple of weeks and you have those high expectations, it's never as fun as when you just plan something like last minute, a day of or something. You're so right about that. That's a great point. Uh, where I disagree a touch with you is, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you and I put Super Bowl expectations on them. I know I, I didn't. Right. I, did, did, I don't remember you thinking that they could win the Super Bowl. Did you say that? No, I mean, I, I, I but I had them going to the AFC Championship game. So, you know, it's only a play away from going to the Super Bowl, you know. Well, that's true. That's true. I, I guess, you know, you make a good point about the roster. The, the wide receivers, you're spot on. The thing is, though, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., I never looked at Odell Beckham Jr. as as that way. I never looked at him as a 2016 Odell. I think that's that's one problem. I think the city of Cleveland overrated that. Mm-hmm. That said, I will admit, Scott, I will always tell you, I I did think this offense was better without him, right? But right. now they're not. That's what's confusing because it's like, well, they the game against the Bengals and we saw these games where they were better without Odell. Well, hey. Got to be fair. Got to call myself out. Odell's not here and the offense isn't working. So now it's really a, a perplexing, perplexing question for me. Uh, yeah. So you're, you're right about that with the receivers. No doubt. They, I, you know, I, I guess here's the thing. We can continue to say they have as much talent as all the teams in the North, but until I see them beating the teams in the North on a regular basis and winning games, like they should have won. That was ridiculous on, on Sunday night football, Scott. Four interceptions. You retweeted a stat, uh, and we had it also. I put it on in the uh, 
the morning show about like what the first team ever to lose a game when you have four picks. I mean, I don't know what the whole thing is. I don't know if you have it in front of you, but the bottom line is that is a game they should have won. There is no doubt about it. They let that one get away. Yeah, there was a stat that this broke a streak of like 41 straight games where a quarterback drew four picks and lost. But then there's a bigger stat that had something to do with four interceptions more than the other team, less than 325 yards, and there was some other stat too. Um, for the Ravens, it may be quarterback rating or something. It was all Lamar-based. And NFL teams were like, oh, 258 and one. I, I got it. Here it is. Okay. I got it. Here it is. The Ravens are the only team in the Super Bowl era to score fewer than 17 points, mm. have fewer than 325 total yards, throw at least four more interceptions their opponent, and yet still win the game. Teams with those numbers were 0, 275, and 1 in the Super Bowl era yeah. entering that night. That is unbelievable. It's staggering. And I've covered this team, the Browns, long enough where I've seen some of those type of games, right? The game against Pittsburgh that one year where they had like six turnovers and they tie and they're the first team in forever to have a plus five turnover ratio and still lose or still not win. Um, so, you know, crazy stuff happens. But the, the point is how unusual it is how the opportunity was staring them in the face to go grab it and they couldn't get it done. Where I'll differ with you a little bit is I don't, I'm not sure I blame that all on talent. I I think there's, I think there's a lot of things that go into that. It's a clutch gene. It's the play calling. It's too many penalties. It's a lot quarterback play. Now, if you want to just talk talent as a quarterback, we can do that forever. And that it might be as simple as that. The quarterback doesn't make enough plays, and therefore they're six and six. Um, but I think when you go overall team, like, I mean, the Ravens could have lost it. I mean, the Ravens could have lost the week before to the Bears. I know Lamar didn't play, but two weeks earlier, the Ravens lose to Miami. Well, that's just how the league works. So it's not all about talent. And I guess my point is I think the Browns are as talented as most teams, especially when you remove quarterback, right? That's where it gets, that's where it gets funky is you have Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady's and Lamar and Joe Burrow. And okay, well, there's a talent gap there. Um, but overall, I, I think the Browns are you know, pretty much on par with a lot of teams. And I don't want to make this a completely Baker discussion, but it, it does fall on the quarterback a lot. And it fall, to me, that game falls more on complete offense, right? The, the Jarvis Landry turnover was terrible. Um, I'm fine with giving him a chance to throw. But he's got to be smart enough that, first of all, I think he had Jamarcus Bradley open early and didn't throw it. So if you're not going to do it, throw it then, throw it away, or run. Don't wind up five seconds later. It's, it, you could tell it was coming. You could tell something bad was going to happen. And then, you know, Baker's made plenty of bad plays all year. But that fumble that he had, there's a lot of unluckiness to that, to that fumble, right? Because you know, they get, the, they get another turnover from Lamar. They take over to 28. It's a 6-3 game. They can go in and take the lead in the halftime, and it's a completely different game. And Stefanski calls the perfect play. The Ravens are bringing pressure. They call a screen. Kareem Hunt is wide open with blockers in front of him. And he gets caught up for a split second. I want to say with J.C. Treader, kind of gets caught behind him, and it causes Baker to double clutch. And I don't know if Baker needed a double clutch, but – to me, watching it a bunch of times, that's why he double clutched. 
and the ball slips out of his hand because he double clutches. Now, it shouldn't in, I think, 9 out of 10 times or 99 out of 100 times, it wouldn't. But it does, and it just kind of symbolizes a year where you feel like everything is there and you just can't take that final step to get these critical wins and that signature victory that, in my mind, they still don't have. Yeah, well, that seems to be a theme because you you bring that up often, no doubt. Uh, Before we get to Baker, because I know, you know, a lot of that talk is going to be about him and Andrew Barry talk today. So you can break that down. But let's put a, a, you know, let's let's end the conversation on this past game with two things. And one is an overall thing, not just on the game is the running game. And, and it's kind of the point now where it's like, you know, if you stop the Browns running game, you stop the Browns. Do you, do you see it that way? Yeah, I think without a doubt. And, you know, I understand Kevin Stefanski when he says, or even Joe Batonio too, there are yards to be had in the running game. I, I think that's true. And I think if, you know, you block every play perfectly, they would have had some success. Um, and guys lost one-on-one battles. You know, if you watch each play and break it down, one time it's Wyatt Teller getting blown up. Another time it's Harrison Bryant or Batonio's late or the Ravens time the blitz perfectly, whatever it is. Um, but so, so that means you can still try to run it even when a team's trying to take it away. But my overall takeaway is teams are going to force you to pass. And the margin for error with the run shrinks when they're devoting eight, nine, 10 guys to stop on the run. So how do you make them pay is you have to throw it. And we talked about this after that Arizona game. Remember when Arizona went with the six, two front, they're daring you to throw it. And the Browns have been unable to make teams pay enough. And I'm wondering coming out of the buy, if one of the adjustments Stefanski makes is, Hey, we're going to come out and throw and make teams get out of, you know, putting so many guys on the line of scrimmage, right? Find a way to get a couple of deep completions that make defenses change their philosophy. Um, And there's reasons why it hasn't worked. Part of it's the, uh, you know, your quarterback play. Part of it's the protection. Part of it's your receivers getting open. But I I do think Stefanski needs to find a way to, to take advantage of that because you can't just beat your head against the wall over and over, especially against a really good run team like the Ravens who were missing a couple of key pieces, they were still really good. And there's no reason to think that it's going to be any different, uh, you know, or Sunday, December 12th, when they meet again at First Energy Stadium. It's just weird because we have seen them have success running the ball. It is, but, (laughs) but you know, the Ravens, number one, the Ravens are really good, right? They're a top, I don't know if they're number one or two, they're top five for sure in run defense. Um, Yeah. And they're, their philosophy was simple. We're going to take yeah. these guys away and make you beat us another way. And, you know, we saw a little bit of the same thing with the Colts versus the Patriots or versus uh, the Buccaneers where the Colts, Frank Reich, yeah. said, Hey, we're going to throw it a bunch. And they ran a bunch of RPOs where you call a run and turn it into a pass. The Browns don't do that a lot, if at all. And maybe that's something they can try to implement, right? We say, okay, we're going to call yeah. a run play, but if it's not there, Baker has the, flexibility to throw a quick slant, right? Something to make these defenses pay for saying we're going to devote everybody to the line of scrimmage. I'll tell you, if I hear Stefanski say, I have to be better. We have to be better. I might stop doing this pod with you. I might stop watching the Browns. I mean, 12 men on the field, 
You know, you're missing field goals, the pre-snap penalties, drops, inability on third down, just all the mistakes that they make. But I mean, you know what I mean? I Aren't do. you tired of hearing that? Aren't you tired of hearing that? I do. All right. Yeah. I mean, I am. And it's, you know, as a reporter, you're looking for something new. You're looking for more insight. Um, I think he's in a tough spot. I mean, he can't start killing guys. He's got a personality. If, if one of his strengths is being even keel, then all of a sudden you can't change and start, you know, having these crazy press conferences. So I understand why he does it. I also completely understand why it frustrates fans when they hear the same thing over and over and they're looking for a better explanation. But I think they just have to come to grips with they're not going to get a better explanation or number one. And there are like little insights that he gives, but you got to fight through a lot of, I need to be better to get to those insights. Yeah, true, true. Uh, all right, so Andrew Barry spoke today. Uh, I'm going to be transparent. Um, I, you know, I did the morning show, took a nap, and then I was in the yard all day. All right, yeah, so we're ta- we're taping this on Wednesday. Uh, I, I did not watch it, but I did go through your entire Twitter feed and um, quickly read up on everything. And pretty much, I mean, I don't know. Give me a sense of how you felt, but just by looking at your Twitter feed. You know, I almost walk away getting the sense of, uh, eh, you know, no panic. Nothing's all that terrible. We, we, we're going to be able to, you know, pull through this, or am I wrong? No, that was one of the key takeaways, I thought, Chud, was, you know, obviously it's going to be tough for this team to get to the playoffs. Five games left. They probably have to win at least four. We already we know how tough the schedule is, right? It's Ravens, Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. So it's going to be really difficult. And what makes it – seem almost impossible or improbable at least is how the Browns have played the last three weeks, right? They get blown out in new England, barely beat a winless Detroit team and then lose a game. They should have won. and didn't play particularly well. Um, Sunday night in Sunday night in Baltimore. So you think, okay, what's the reason for optimism? And it's hard to find one. So I think that's, you know, that's why where I am from a mentality standpoint, but hearing Andrew Barry, he's obviously got the right mindset for the GM is, hey, we can still win this. We can still do what we need to do. We can go 5-0. and oh. We can go 4-1, and one. whatever it takes. Um, he's, he believes that they can make adjustments in the bye and come out of the bye much improved, which they did a year ago. Um, you know, it was a midseason bye. This was later in the season. Um, you know, I don't know if that's – you know, to Pollyanna to think that, okay, you're going to make some, you know, you'll find something, find that secret recipe in this bye week, but maybe they will. Um, he's, po- he's optimistic that Baker is getting more healthy or getting healthier and will play his best coming down the stretch. Um, now, again, that might be considered a leap, but he believes that. And he's, you know, that's at least his message. And I think that's the right message for Andrew Bayer to have. So, I do think if you're a fan looking for reasons to believe, I think Andrew Barry gave you some with the fact that, hey, if the season isn't over, we still have a chance to salvage it. How about what did he have to say as far as uh, Baker? He he defends him playing because that has been a hot topic around town. People are wondering, is the guy hurt? Is he should? He, well, it's obvious that he's hurting, but should have he been playing? We discussed it last week. Sure. I, I really have heard both sides of the argument, Scott. I, I've heard people say that he shouldn't be playing, give him some time off so that he could be better down the stretch. 
other people say, hey, he's your guy. If he's healthy enough to play, he should be out there. You know, what was Barry saying? Yeah, and we've we've covered this. I agree with the fact that he should be playing. He's your starting quarterback. I think he was healthy enough. Um, Barry feels the same way. He says, hey, he's cleared to play from a medical staff where he's not going to suffer a significant injury or worse. You know, it's not going to get significantly worse by playing, by playing. And we believe he is physically well enough to play well. And we watch him in practice and think he can go play winning football. And he did it in a general sense. Like that's how we evaluate every player with an injury. But the question was about Baker and he, you know, was talking about Baker too. So they think he's healthy enough where he's not, you know, risk to himself. They think he's healthy enough to play well and looks okay. looks good enough in practice. So to me, that means then it's on the performance on Sundays and Baker just hasn't been good enough. And, you know, I think we can all see that. Um, but some people want to blame the injuries. And I think that's fair to some degree. I, I think it's also a lot just performance, right? There's just mistakes that happen. And we saw them when he was healthy and we've seen him when he was not healthy. Um, so that was one of the things Andrew Barry talked about. Um, you know, he didn't get – you kind of got to read through the lines because he doesn't give a lot of straight answers um, about big-picture stuff. So, you know, he was asked, hey, does he need to show you something over these final five games to prove that he can be your guy? And he said, no. You know, we look at the general – the body of work, you know, and we've seen Baker play well in his three-plus years. So, you know, he didn't want to go there, but I did think – that he left the door open, you know, he was asked specifically, Hey, do you still think he's the guy and that he can, you can win Super Bowls with him. And he didn't give a hard. Yes. It felt like more wiggle room now than before the season, when it comes to the overall big picture, long-term evaluation of Baker Mayfield. And frankly, that just makes sense because Baker hasn't taken that next step that the Browns hoped and expected him to take. He just hasn't taken, and maybe it's injuries, but you haven't seen enough to say, yeah, we're going to give this guy 30 or 40 million a year. You just haven't seen that. Well, I got to go back to something you said earlier then when we talked about the running game, and you will be interesting to see if they change their approach and come out and and try to, you know, pass deep and, and force the defense to not necessarily load up. But what have you seen from Baker that makes you believe that that can happen? So if he is healthy enough to play, if he's healthy enough to be your starting quarterback, it's clear from what we've seen the last few weeks, he is not playing well enough to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. So what makes you think that yeah. can change? Well, that's a great question. Um, and I don't know if I have, John. I don't know if I've seen anything. You'd have to go back to, well, he played well against Cincinnati, right? And that was only a month ago. And maybe he's healthier again after the heel and the knee. Um, maybe that's the difference, right? You've seen it, and you've seen it relatively recently, where at least that can give you some hope. Um, you would think that maybe Stefanski can cater the play calls to what's working and take better advantage of what Baker's able to do well. Maybe they can roll him out more, given that he's healthier. I mean, those are the kind of things, maybe I'm grasping, but I think those are the kind of things that Stefanski and the Browns are looking for. But I will say, you're right. When I think about what Kevin Stefanski can change over this bye week, and I say, hey, maybe they throw it more, I say that knowing in the back of his head is, well, we haven't thrown it that well. Overall, we've run it better. Maybe I just have to stick with this. Maybe that's our best hope is to try to run, try to wear other teams down, shorten the games. So 
I'm not saying that we're going to see a complete shift in philosophy from Stefanski because we might not. I, I'm just kind of thinking of what he could possibly do coming out of this bye to change the fortunes of the offense because, you know, it's been six out of seven games where they've scored 17 points or fewer. Yeah. I got to tell you, you know, even as bad as that game was, they still had a chance to win on the final drive. And they don't even, they didn't even get one yard, did they? It was yeah, well, they got the seven-yard completion the, on fourth down, seven, fourth and ten. Seven, oh, right, right, right. right. Okay. Right, but, but so it was, third, it, it was fourth and ten, though, right? Exactly. Now, I, I mean, it, I, I'm just saying it's another game yes. where Baker has a chance. And I'm not saying there's anything in that game that led me to believe that he's going to pull out a game-winning drive. Right. But the bottom line is it's another game where he had a chance and the team had a chance to pull off a game-winning drive, and they don't. And that continues to be a theme. No, you're you're 100% right, and there's no way to ignore that. Now, when and especially when it's a big sample size like this, you have to point your finger at the quarterback because you see the big-time quarterbacks get it done in the final minutes, and that's what separates them. And they figure out a way, and they make great throws, and they make great scrambles. So having said that, I'm not removing responsibility from Baker. But I do want to just give a couple of kind of caveats. Number one, let's just go to that fourth. First of all, I, he played better than he had the previous two weeks. The, the completion percentage wasn't there, but there were four or five drops. He was pressured and had to throw the ball away a bunch. I thought he threw it much better than he did against the Lions. He threw for 247 yards, didn't have an interception. So there was progress there. Now, certainly not enough, and they only scored 10 points. But and then let, just as a good to look at that last drive. First and 10, Jedrick Wills gets beat right away and it should be a sack, and Baker finds a way to throw it away, right, for an incompletion. So that's not Baker's fault at all. Like, there's no chance for him to do anything. Second down, he throws a back shoulder to Jarvis Landry. Landry tries to make a diving catch. Not a good throw. Uh, it's, not a, it's not like the worst throw when you think, hey, maybe Landry could have bailed him out. But a really good – a better throw is a completion, and you're looking at first and 10 at the 38, right? So I, I think that's mostly on Baker. Third down – um, I'm, trying, I can't, I'm trying to think of what happened on third down. It was an incompletion. Again, they think they blitzed heavy. Um, and then fourth down, it's they blitzed big time. And his only choice is to throw to David Njoku. And Njoku catches it. You need him to break a tackle, and he doesn't. Right? So, yes, part of it's Baker. Part of it's not Baker. You know, it's, and that's just the story of the year. But when you're the quarterback and you are – and it's happened time and again, it's going to come down to you and Baker's going to bear the brunt of it. And I completely understand that. I'm just saying, you know, I, I think it shouldn't be entirely on Baker. Oh, the third down play was he hit Austin Hooper in hands and he dropped it. Right. So, Oh, I'm glad you, I, you know, I'm glad you bring up, I'm glad you bring up Hooper. Yeah. Like, what is someone was saying the other day, we were laughing. Like, like even when he does catch it, it's like he catches it and just falls right to the ground. Like, yeah. This guy's making a lot of money and not really delivering right now. I agree. It's a disappoint. He's a disappointment. Now he's a starter in this league and he makes some plays and he's a good blocker, but he does not play like a top five tight end, which is how he gets paid. There's no explosion. He's not a run after catch guy. He's not a downfield guy. He's very limited. So he, every catch he's going to make is going to be contested. So then you got to make the contested catches and he had a chance on third down. And he didn't make it. So on three of those four plays, I thought Baker did the right thing. And on the fourth play, he did the right thing. He just didn't make a great throw to 
the back shoulder to Jarvis, right? So, uh, you know, I, I got a hard time putting all of it on him. Like when you go minute, but when you take a, yeah. when you go micro, but when you take a step back and go macro, yeah, Baker needs to get it done more in the fourth quarter, and just overall, but especially with the chance to win games in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, I'll give you that, and I'm I'm still holding out hope for him for sure. All right, Scott. Um, Got a couple minutes here. So what we're going to do here at the end, number one, we'll, we'll talk again next week. So no predictions today. We're going to take a break from that. We both hit on Baltimore last week. So um, we both got that one right, unfortunately. We yeah. wish we got it wrong. Uh, we're going to go rapid fire here. Okay. I'm going to ask you one, two, three, four, five, six questions. You got to do it in 10 seconds or less. And I will buzz you if you don't and just interrupt you and move on to the next one. Perfect. Do you think you, you think you can pull that off? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. All right. Uh, let's go. I think we hit, I, you know, I think we both agree this team is just what they are. 500 team, no consistency right now. I mean, I had that in my notes. Yep. I don't think you would disagree with that. Not at all. Um, and all right. So here we go. Um, ready for yep. a little rapid fire. Scott yep. Petrack on the clock. Number one, do you feel the bye week comes at a good time or do you think it should have happened, wished it happened sooner or maybe later? Sooner. I, I think this is probably too late for any major changes. And if it happened midseason, it would have been better. Okay. Um, Stefanski, should he continue to be the guy calling plays or do you think they need to make a move there? This is the first time that I've entertained that. I- that possibility and I asked him about it Monday I'm okay that he's not changing it but if he did in search of a spark I'd be completely fine with that as well Miles Garrett are you okay with him uh you know giving a little love uh there to Lamar after that touchdown I am and I'm glad you brought it up because I've not had a chance to write about that I don't have any issue with that yeah I mean they, they're competitors they they applaud each other's greatness I don't think Miles tries any harder because he shakes Lamar's hand after a touchdown. All right. Uh, they got, do you agree they have to go four and one to have a chance to make the playoffs? Yep. And, and I think four and one probably gets in, but there's no guarantee. Um, there's no way nine and eight gets in. I think Kevin and seven has a pretty good chance, but would not be guaranteed either. And if they're going to lose okay. one, they better lose to the Packers. Okay. So do they make the playoffs? No, I can't. I can't get there. I mean, I can get to three more wins um, without doing too many gymnastics, but it's going to be hard for me to get to four and one. It's just the way they played the last three weeks. All right. And last thing is Baker Mayfield, the future quarterback of the Cleveland Browns right now in your eyes. That's a tough one, Chud. It's a rapid fire. (laughs) I mean, geez, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. No. That doesn't mean he's not the guy in 2022. It doesn't mean he doesn't figure it out. I'm just saying, if you ask me if Baker's a week one starter in 2023, um, I, I would probably say no, given the last – just given how this season's gone. That, 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 the other ones were all fair. That was unfair and, and uh, rapid fire. I agree. <laughs> but we, we, we won't hold you to that one, and we definitely can um, change that and tweak that answer. As the weeks go on, that 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 was a that was a low blow to Baker, but I mean, hey, but that's what everyone wants to know, know. you know. I mean, because yeah. the you know, the con the contract's not there. That's it uh, for me. That's it for rapid fire. I think that was a good little uh, session here on a bye week. 
It was good. And let me just say, that's why these five weeks are so important, Judge, not only for this yep. team, but for Baker. I, I think they do, you know, they're not everything, but I think they will go a long, a long way in determining, you know, even 2022, but beyond that for Baker, possibly beyond that for Baker. So, Chud, thank you for uh, spending time during the bye week. Like you said, we'll do this again next week. We'll preview another kind of must-win game against the Ravens. Um, thanks, yeah. everybody, for listening. If you can read all my stuff on brownzone.com. I have a couple up from the Andrew Barry uh, news conference today. And so everything's on brownzone.com, sponsored by Fligners. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.